quietly out of bed and go downstairs. Turn on the coffee machine. Tur- yeah, I was just gonna say maybe some Folgers. Yeah, put maybe some you got some. In the pot. Uh, I don't know, some Mr. Pete's or what, what's it called, Uncle Pete's. Mm, don't know what that is, but yeah, throw that in oh, there like too. Pete, oh, Pete's coffee, right? Oh, Uncle Pete's. Yeah, wow. Uncle Pete's. <laughs> but and, why uh, doesn't Uncle Pete go down and turn on the coffee machine? Look out the window a little bit. I mean, if you want the guy who started the comp coffee company in your house, that's, uh, I mean. <laughs> well, as they say, every time you brew a cup of coffee, the ghost of the first yeah. coffee maker enters your home for 24 hours. <sighs> Whoa. Famous saying. Yeah. And it's true. I can attest. It's well, true. anyway. Yeah, and then after you make the coffee, I want you to throw on the Good Friends podcast, episode 59. Damn. Throw it on. What an episode! What an episode this will be! It's jam packed. It's jam packed. Look out the window. Watch as the dewy morning mist settles on your front lawn. Let our voices shepherd you yeah. into episode sixty, not fifty nine, fool. It's not sixty. It is. It's episode sixty. I don't believe you. One hundred. I'm calling percent. your your shit out. I'm gonna go to the SoundCloud right now. Okay. Scroll down. And what do I get if I'm mm, right? Yeah, you're right. Yes, bitch. It's episode 60. Well, good. What an episode to, to tune into. What a nice round number. The age in which a whole generation of people thought they were nearing death, but for us is just sort of a midlife moment uh, with uh, the way lifespan's going. Right. Well, you know, I mean, I've said this before. 60 is the new 40. So. Yeah. 60s the new 40 and 40s the new 17. Does that mean you're that not allowed to have sex with a 40-year-old? I mean like ideally we would be getting better with the number of podcasts we do. Does that, does that mean if 60s the new 40 does that mean we've taken like a giant step backwards as podcast producers and Right. Hosts? I think episode 65 and up is when we stop knowing how to work the technology and start talking about things that are very outdated. Right. You know, they're meant to be our episode so that by episode 100 it's just radio silence. A lot of static <laughs> and uh yeah, unease. <laughs> Yeah, episode 104 is us reporting from beyond the grave. Like, good friend, podcast. <laughs> and from the nether zone. Yeah. Totes, um, dude. Totes my fucking goats, man. Totes my fragging goats. Well, it's episode 60. Um, and we do have a lot to talk about, but what a great number to discuss such a big event in really my life. Um, as usual, I do think that um, what occurred last weekend, which was your wedding day, was actually um, really about me <laughs> in some way. Hmm. Um, and so I would like I would like you to publicly congratulate me on air for starters. Okay. <clears throat> um. Well, first of all, I want to say that Rod, mm-hmm. uh, as as is custom with most weddings, mm-hmm. uh, uh, one is. Uh, it is it is expected that one gives uh, a gift to uh, the wedding couple, <laughs> or 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 you know you and a date go in on a, on a on a gift. Yeah. Rod and David kind of de facto my my good buddy David Zane they kind mm-hmm. of went in on a de facto uh, gift for both of us. It's true. We traveled up from New York to Quebec. Took a little road trip. We felt that the gift had to come. From both of us, because we both were entering this wedding as a unit. Now, anyway. did this gift give you any kind of like pot? Did they like question you at at the border at all? Um, they did not, but there was a moment in which um they alluded to the fact that they might have to look through the trunk to see 
to just give the car a once over at the right. border. I would too. And if they did, they would have been greeted with this gift staring at them. Hmm. They're dead in the face. Right. Um, it didn't happen, thankfully well, or unfortunately. Anyway, it's like a. I don't even know what dimension it is. It's 30 like a, by 40. It's like a 30 by 40 inch mm-hmm. black and white photo. Of portrait. You, portrait. Sorry. Portrait of you and David kind of shirtless. Post-coitus. I guess it's like post-coital uh, image. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, it looks like both of you are um, kind of like angry at each other, I want to say. You're yep. facing away from each other. You yes. kind of both have this like kind of solemn scowl almost and like pensive. It's a pensive look. Right. Like you thinking. just kind of uh you got um uh just gotten a, a heated argument. Mm-hmm. And now we're mm-hmm. kind of both reflecting yep. on uh what uh your what has uh, transpired. What has transpired and what your relationship is. One hundred percent. What, what you, a great reading. I want you to kind of yeah, what is this what what is this supposed to mean to me? What does this symbolize kind of So like? this piece of art that happens yeah. to, you know, be a wedding gift as well, um, is titled <laughs> Don't Go to Bed Angry. Okay. It is um an artwork that's meant to um embody what David and I felt was the most important rule of marriage that we could bestow and hope that you hear which mm. is to not go to bed angry. Right. And instead of just telling you or writing it in a card or giving you a gift that's worth something, we thought we would actually embody that um, in this gorgeous piece of art. And mm. it is it is the dimensions are 30 by 40. It's it gigantic. Very, it's gigantic, yes. And I will not apologize. Okay. Um, it is probably one of the largest prints I've ever held, okay. um, personally speaking. Okay. Um, it did take up the entire backseat of the car on the way to your wedding to the point where Michael, who was driving, could not see through the rear view. Um, <laughs> uh, four people were stuffed in the backseat so that we could just take one car. And we were stuffed quite literally underneath this present. So Very nice. Safe. Something yeah, very comfortable. It, it, was ex- it was extremely... You know what? I will, it's safe to say that anyone who came near this present suffered... Um, it's wrath in some way. Yeah. But I would say it was all worth it because okay. don't you love it? Yeah. Now, where do you expect us to hang this? Where? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It depends on what the center of your house looks like. Hmm. It definitely <laughs> needs to be above a fireplace, a mantle. Um, if you happen to have a weird column in the middle of your house on the column honestly if there's a way that you can open the door and have it be hanging immediately visible right yeah like maybe it can be suspended by two cables so that in order to like get anywhere in the house you sort of have to walk (laughs) around it um but because do you know what i mean like and and maybe like the frame can have some sort of like quiet magnet so as you walk it sort of also is moving Mm, with you right we can ask people to kind of yeah right we can make like custom vests that have magnets and then attach (laughs) magnets to the painting and then that way the painting just follows people around exactly like welcome to our home please take your shoes off and put on this custom (laughs) magnet vest um so as you walk around the painting follows you in a sense mona lisa-esque what about uh i think i I figured like uh, maybe above the bed would be a good an apt place kind Ooh. of as like a reminder maybe above the bed but um yeah maybe like right above your bed but then directly across is a mirror that's angled so that it mm. also reflects at the mirror above your bed so that when you oh. go to sleep you're also seeing it so we have like seat. three clear shots of the three clear shots right exactly okay well i'll um, probably do none of that okay well, um oh, wow 
I just, my body froze. Yeah. Um, each organ shut down independently. Where do you plan on putting it? Probably the bathroom. Oh, my God. So um, I can stare at it while I'm taking a dump. Okay. Um, not what I expected, but you know what? Art is meant to sort of be, you know, subjective. Where it goes does change what it means. But you know what? God bless. It is our gift to you. No, I'm kidding. I don't know where I'll put it. We'll put it You're somewhere. putting it in the center. You're put- you guys are going to hang it, We'll put right? it we- in our children's uh, uh, playpen, play area. <laughs> Please. Please. Yeah. And they'll grow up thinking that their two gay uncles, Rod and David, um, have been together since, like, I don't even know. A very intimate moment was Very intimate, yeah. Like, By the way, they've been yeah, in deep. Right. Who's taking this photo? This is, like, a, a very intimate moment. This is supposed to be a candid, candid shot. Yes. Right. Like, Whatever. who's taking it literally when we took it or in the narrative? Yeah, who's actually t- who actually took it? Um, it was a selfie stick. Oh, <laughs> David has a selfie stick, doesn't he? Or you have? Oh, uh, you you have one. I, I know, actually have the yeah, selfie right, stick. Right, right. Um, though I cannot believe that David Zane lived in South Korea for two years and entered the U.S. sans selfie stick. Yeah. Um, but I love a selfie stick. I highly support it. Um, miracles happen every day. Miracles happen every single day. That photo is a miracle. You cannot tell that I am straining to hold a selfie stick, can you? No, it looks beautiful. It looks beautiful. Be honest. Aside from the absolute horror and humor of it, it's like kind of a good picture, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was Pam like wetter than she normally is? Hmm. Uh well Ever we didn't have uh uh no. I am just gonna go out. Say no. Um hmm. You were gonna say we haven't had sex since you got the portrait. Are you saying that it sucked up your sexual drive? No, I'm saying uh uh I guess a shirtless picture of you and David just doesn't doesn't really do it for her in the in the private Pardon area. Me? In the her private area. It has not been stimulated by you or David. I'm sorry. Hmm. That to me sounds like a challenge. So I would be watching. Yeah, that was a threat for sure. But it was also a challenge. (laughs) I would be watching your mailbox around Christmas um, because you literally just started a most violent game. I'm just going to send you a picture, a close up of my crotch and see what it does. All right. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, besides that, the wedding was wonderful. But that's obviously the, the headline. That was the headline. That was yeah. the clickbait. But right. let's get to the real story. You um, got married this weekend. Got married. You had a wedding. Had a wedding. Um, we have two great audio clips that we... Two little interviews that we're going to splice into this episode. Right. The first one, which we're going to play right now, right. is you... Me calling you the morning of the wedding. Um, and just like a quick short chat. So this is an audio this is a short interview the morning of jack's wedding which is like um, two hours before the uh right which is um an inherently annoying time i would say to call totally can you hear me what's up hi it's me i'm good i wanted to call and see how you're doing um i'm recording (laughs) wait so cute i'm recording this for the podcast Yeah, a quick morning of, what are your thoughts, <laughs> where are you at, paint me a picture. I'm eating a crepe. How fun! Having having uh, coffee, getting uh, fatherly uh, words of advice. Oh my god, tell me some of the fatherly words of advice. Um, just, he said to, uh, yeah, just, you know, happy wife, happy life. Oops, sorry. Ooh, happy wife, happy Hello. life. Well, why don't why don't you tell him that that's an extremely yeah. heteronormative way of going about things? No, I'm kidding. Um, 
That's really exciting. No. Are you emotional? Has he cried yet? No. No one's crying? No one. Hmm. Does he do you think he's gonna cry? <laughs> Look, I appreciate the phone call. <laughs> I have bigger fish to fry at this moment in my life. So so should I call you in a couple hours? <laughs> please, yeah, please call me when I'm up standing up at the at the altar. Well it's like the window of time I can call I can call you before you're up on the altar. Like two minutes before. Three, five minutes before. The least the least convenient time you can call me? Yeah. Probably then. Okay, I'm gonna call you right when you're at the altar, and we can do a quick check-in <laughs> as it, Pam's it, walking. As as time is as time is passing, it's becoming less and less convenient to call. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give you a ring in 20 minutes. I'm gonna call you while Pam's walking down the aisle to just hear what your thoughts are and hear where your head's at. Okay, cool. So I'll talk to you in a little bit. Please bring a microphone and try to record everything for the pod. Okay, sounds good. I'll get full coverage. Reporter. <laughs> and the uh, general. Yeah, right. <laughs> Okay, I'll call you in a little bit. Thank you so much. Wow. Okay, Amazing. bye. Bye. Beautiful. You, mere hours before mm-hmm. getting married, stressed out, having to quickly answer a phone call from me. Right. Your dad was giving you advice? What was he the was. advice? He said, he told me a bunch of phrases not to say, but the most, the two phrases that I remember most were, don't say, just calm down. Mm, don't he, say that. Don't say that. Amazing. Because that okay. never works. And then he okay. said, uh, the other one he said was, <laughs> he said, oh, fuck, what was the line? He said, let's turn it, let's take it down a notch, sweetie. Don't say that one either. Oh, <laughs> my. Were you like, didn't need to be told that? No, I was like, oh, uh, I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, thanks, dad. Thank you. Right. Oh, my God. Has, I cannot imagine your dad saying that to your mom. Your mom's a firecracker. Yeah, but I think he says that to piss her off, and it usually works. Oh, my God. Let's tone it down, sweetie. And she's like, fuck yes! <laughs> right. yeah. This sounds familiar. Your guys' dynamic is, yeah. you and Pam's dynamic is the closest I've been to your parents' actual dynamic out of your brothers. Good. Yeah, I like to kind of like get under Pam's skin sometimes. Yeah, definitely. We know you do. Right. Um, and, okay, so what were your thoughts on the wedding? How do you think it went? Let's uh, fill in the gap. I thought it went, went uh, pretty awesome. It was so fun. Yeah. It was so emotional. Very emotional, very fun. I kind of was worried that uh, it felt like I almost didn't see anyone because I had to like move around so much. Right. You know. But like, then you ended up seeing everyone because the wedding literally went until 3 a.m. Right. 3 it went a long It was a long day. People it was got, a long day. Also, let's not bury the lead of when you're the like the wedding left 16 people at the church on the way back to the right. reception it kind of left like my family and, and friends. <laughs> can you explain and, the story yeah so we like get out of the church everyone's gathering around saying hi giving hugs and kisses and whatnot and you know the photographer takes me and pam and my family and pam's family and my the the like the men of honor or whatever <clears throat> we go down to the to the garden and we take pictures and then everybody goes up to leave and they were supposed to get on the bus, and everyone was supposed to go back to the old door, to the uh, to the uh, uh, reception venue. A- anyway, so they get up there, and I guess the buses had left. <laughs> My God! Uh, they were supposed to leave at four, but they left like I guess like seven minutes before that. Everyone was and ready these to go. weren't just small guests; these right. were like key family members. So anyway, so they, I guess everybody, get, yeah, they got left. My family members and Pam's family members and everybody like got a beer at the there was a brew pub right next to the church, so we went over there or they went over there. Meanwhile, Pam and I are just still taking pictures. 
And like my my aunt is like coming down and being like, we got left. And then Pam's mom's coming down and being like, we got left behind. And they're like the two craziest people in the world. So that was like just fucking driving me nuts. But uh, were you stressed? I was stressed just because I was like, I can't believe they left like all of my family. Literally. Yeah. and But you too, you were left as well. Well, no, we were going to get a ride back to the venue with the photographer. Oh, brutal. So, that is we, so like, funny. We were going to have like 40 minutes to go around and take pictures and shit. So we did that, and we were done like early because the photographer said we were so fo- uh, uh, photogenic. Photogenic. We were wow. so photogenic, and so the the photographer like just loved us. All you needed, all she needed, was a few shots. Totes, dude. One take, Jake. Damn. Yeah. But it came at a price. So you had to be there for the chaos. Yeah. So we were there for the chaos. But oh eventually, my God. they they dropped everybody off at this like little poutine shack, and everybody. I like, know. I was there. I was food. on that bus. Yeah. So that's cool. It worked out well. Our bus literally was driving the scenic route. Um, one of Pam's bridesmaids, I believe it was on Ace, was like, on your left, like, is a beautiful, oh, really? like, field. <laughs> like, on your right <laughs> is, like, an old farmhouse. And then, like, five old minutes later, like, uh, literally, like, three minutes later, it's like, okay, apparently we have left 16 people at the original <laughs> venue. So we are dropping you off here. On your left is a gas station. <laughs> literally, we pulled into a gas station. Everyone got out and the bus just left. And she was like, down the road is a snack shack. Right. Like, still <laughs> directing people. Well, but we all got poutine, all got ice cream. We were hanging out at this amazing, rustic little shack. And then the bus came back. We made it to the venue with, with you know, more than enough time. Because who knew that the wedding would go until almost 4 a.m.? Yeah, totally. It was amazing. What time did you um, leave? I left when it was over. Like, I literally, I'm, I'm not someone who leaves like before the party ends. I leave until the, like, and people have to pull me out. Yeah. Like literally. Yeah. I remember you um, were one of the last people there. We left kind of before some people did. You did? Yeah. I feel like you made it pretty, like the lights were, we were up. Late. The DJ was gone. It was late. Like Pam handed me one of the flower arrangements in a pot. I was like, bye guys. Like blacked out. Oh yeah, totally. Um, we lost your brother. Um, which was great. Me and David took a, Matt lost himself. Um, we went there, you know, the wedding was in proximity to a beautiful waterfall that David and I went to like three different times. We kept taking different people. Like we went, then we took Rick, your friend, and then we took Matt who was blacked out to the waterfall. (laughs) Literally, he was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at. I'm like, do you love it? Yeah, you Nature's a, wonder. You had a Snapchat story, and it was like, Matt was like kind of abruptly walking pe- towards you, and they'll like, yeah. ask you, and you just go, Matt, how are you feeling? And he goes, not great. Yeah, he was <laughs> like, not great. Yeah. I was like, nice, bitch. Like, oh my god. That Snapchat was the talk of the town the next day. Yeah, that was pretty I, entertaining. I will be Venmoing you a charge for the videography mm. fee. Yeah. That was great. Um, $500. Um, but then Matt is sort of like, oh, I gotta go home. And I'm like, bye, Matt. Like, wow. Like, still taking in the waterfall. And apparently he took a right turn in this, like, dark-ass road and ended up <laughs> at a gas station. He, uh, yeah, he was trying to look for a taxi. Oh, my God. So brutal. David was, like, running around looking for him and eventually, like, saw him illuminated by this gas station. And apparently your brother was just like, oh, my God, David Zane. Like, he was literally <laughs> completely nervous. If Matt is listening, there are so many details. I wonder if you remember. But he was in, like, great shape the next day, apparently. So, uh, Yeah, he said he felt worse than he looked. Wow. the direct quote from him. That's amazing. That is a great Dale trait. Well... Um, around, I don't even know what time it was, but like very late into the night, um, I pulled you and Jack or you, you and Pam aside yes. at your most blacked out after the wedding to do a quick, um, like five minute interview. So here is, oh man, is, this is going to be awesome. 
yeah, here is that um, that interview, and I have not heard it since. Let's see oh, what Jesus. in God's name we recorded. This is all going in. This is all going into the fucking podcast. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the 60th episode of oh, shit. French Podcast. Oh, yeah, 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 fuck rem- you. No, it's the 60th. No, episode. it's not. It is the 60th episode. No. <laughs> Wait, what is it? 59th. <laughs> no. We are doomed we'll to repeat the same. I will dance in a little bit. Rod and I have a podcast that we are now recording a portion of. We have a podcast. I want to be in this. We're media professionals. We are media Jessica. professionals. Jessica. Jessica Lopez on this bitch. Hey. <laughs> it is what it is, Johnny. It is what it is. So, okay, Jack is the co-host of this podcast. Jack, put on your oh host God, cap. This is Jack's wedding day, this though. This is Jack's oh motherfucking wedding day, bitch. Jack. <laughs> All right, Jack, put on your... I want you... Okay, so here's what we're going to do for this moment of the podcast. We checked in this morning. We checked in this morning before the wedding. I'm having you check in right now. During and po- post the wedding, I want you to put on your hosting cap and I want you to ask Pam how she's feeling on this beautiful ass day. It's been eight hours since you called me on the phone. What's happening? All I have to say is that the world is a dark, dark place. And I can't, I can't honestly say that there's light at the end of the tunnel. I love that honesty. Okay, so Jack's going to put on his hosting hat, and he's going to ask you how you're feeling about wedding. Pam, how do you feel about being married to me? I think it's the most beautiful thing in the world. Oh, my, bitch! Sorry, that was inappropriate. (laughs) I'm sorry. Pam, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I overreacted. Jack, I love you, and I think that's the most beautiful thing in the world. So Question two. So what do you think of my penis? Pam, <laughs> don't lie. <laughs> Say it. That's very heavy. I don't want to answer. Fair enough. Your penis is heavy. That's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> that's how blood works, Pam. Ow. You spin it. Pam, on Jack's penis. It's Quote, a, it's, it's heavy. heavy. Emotionally, physically, spiritually, politically. Thanks, Pam. Thank you, Pam. And uh, um, that's all the questions I have for her. Wow. So it was just, how is the wet? How do you feel being married to me? And how is my penis? That sounds about right. Um, Pam, how did you feel today? Wet? Your vows were beautiful. Stop. <laughs> Answer me, bitch. <laughs> this is Jack and Pam's wedding day. Answer me. <laughs> that was. Uh, <laughs> That was very good. Yeah. Yeah. And. <laughs> and. And. Answer me, bitch! <laughs> Say something! What are you scared of, you coward? <laughs> Once again, for those just visiting, this is Jack and Pam's wedding day. <laughs> I want to go back to them. Fuck you! I kind of want to go back to dance. Okay, well, let's just sign off and say that we're feeling good. I think this is an amazing wedding. Everyone here had a great Again, Pam said my penis is, quote, heavy. But she meant politically heavy because it's circumcised, (laughs) (laughs) not actually. Okay, great. Thank you. We love everyone. Bye. Wow. Uh, Will Smith. Wow. Pam sounded like an absolute hostage in that scenario. (laughs) She probably was, yeah. We kind of were. She was. We were kind of riding her for a quote. We were. We literally dragged her off the dance floor, and her like back was just like she was like trying to drag herself back over. Yeah, there she was like, "This is so dumb. I don't care." 
Um, well, love that. Love the wedding. It was amazing. We danced for so long. Quebec was great. And I'm so glad we got a little bit of footage Look, from the pod. And I want to thank, first of all, my parents. I love you very oh. much. Um, couldn't have done any of that without them. So True. Mom and dad, I mm. love you. Yeah, I want to thank um, your mom and dad, too. Mm. Mm. All right. Oh, we okay, could not okay, have, okay. That wedding would not have been possible. So seriously, thank you guys so much. Mm. And I want mm. And I want to thank all of my best men including uh Patrick Welch for so uh, doing their things, my brothers and Mash and I of course want to thank you Rod for coming and David oh, Zane and Lisa and all of my friends Michael and Pam and all of her friends, all my UC Davis friends. Everyone uh, came out, but yeah. most importantly your parents. Mm. Right. So, thanks. And thanks, aunt. Oh, I love your aunt. Oh, really? I love your aunt. Huh? She's so fun. I don't know if we have time to go down that dark uh, rabbit hole, but we'll, we'll have to revisit it. <laughs> That'll be for the last episode. That'll be episode um, 72. Yeah. Um, we'll go into, we'll do like a, what is it? Um, you must remember this, like 12 part. Charles Manson type analysis. On, your, on your guys' relationship? <laughs> on, yeah, on me and your aunt. Um, so that was great. Okay, well, that concludes the wedding portion. God uh, bless. God bless. Um, and congratulations. So now we're going to move on to more pressing issues. <laughs> Thank God. Which is the blank of the summer. Uh, blank of the summer. We are past the midpoint of August, which don't even remind me. I don't know how that happened. Ugh. And we do not have a clear contender for any of the blanks of the summer. I not would say, the song or anything. I would say song of the summer. Let's just jump into it, okay? Let's, Let's jump into summer. it. I would say my song of the summer is that fucking Drake song, One Dance. You think that's a song of the summer? Yeah, for me, yeah. Mm, okay. Do you, do you think, is that yours or is that like the world? I think that's the world's. I think that's, that's the, the world. That's the world? If you put on some random person's Instagram video... The song they're gonna have in the background is some fucking is one dance, is one dance by Drake, featuring I love one uh, dance. no one, right? Right, <laughs> featuring that girl who's like, Baby. yeah, that chick. Um, that's a pretty good one. I do think it's that. I mean, weirdly, I also feel like the cousin of that song, Work, is like still always playing. True, it is. It's crazy. I kind of like the songs of the summer now pretty much start in, like, the spring. They start like, in May. They start, they start in May. Sometimes they even start in April. Work came out in, like, January, but, like, didn't get big until, like, months later. I feel like it really started popping off in, like, March or April. No, When I was right. hearing it, like, all the time. You're fucking so right, So I do feel dude. like there's a weird delay. Those songs are, like, companions. They're, like, the other... They're, like, each other's yin-yang. Yin-yang. Um, I think One Dance is a good one. I also think Panda is, like, a slight... Yeah slight potential to be a song of the summer every single time i turn panda on though i'm like wow i just wish it was like the kanye version but i know the father stretch man's part two it's true because basically it's just the set like the part that he samples looping for like the whole time no that's true um but i do feel like that's always playing those two are sort of the ones but also can we be honest this whole song of the summer thing is like such a recent trend and requirement what have we always had a song of the summer totally the first time I can remember there being a song in the summer was literally Call Me Me. No, no, no. Are you We've always me? had one? Yeah. What I'm are not, some past ones? Okay, I remember the first one I remember was when Hot and Her was so, it was like everywhere. Mm, and, and was that specifically the summer? Yeah, dude. Damn. It was like all okay. summer, kids were just listening to Hot and Her, taking their clothes off. Right. That Even though that song, song is annoying. Remember the song Umbrella? That was a summer song. song of was summer. it really? Yeah, dude. Umbrella was fucking everywhere that summer. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's he, real. So maybe is, if anything, it's I would harder say this now is to as get big one. a gaff as when I said Beyonce was basic. You're really, <laughs> you're embarrassing yourself right now. This is my Beyonce guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. I'm in, I am embarrassed. And maybe if anything, the song of the summer now is harder to find. Not like. Yeah, I think so, dude. Because we don't all listen to the same thing. The monoculture is gone. But I think Panda, One Dance, like, are really the definitely not that Justin ones. Timberlake song. Yo, okay, your brother Matt stressed that it like might have been that. I haven't even heard it. I've heard it like three times. I have not heard it. It's like from a movie soundtrack. Dance, it's not even from like an dance, album. Dance, dance, You know that song? Okay, that sounded like literally I pressed my ear to like the best buddy room during lunch. Mm. Like literally and just overheard a snippet. Okay. Never heard that. Um, just being a nost with you. Um, what is the best sum- song of the summer ever? Uh... I don't know. Best song of the summer ever? What the fuck? Yeah, the one that you're just like, that was like the song that like now when I hear it, I'm forever sent back to like that summer. Uh, I, I think it would have to be um, These Hoes Ain't Loyal. Mm, loyal was such a song of the summer. Yeah. No, I'm kidding, but I don't really. But that was a summer song. But yeah, That was definitely was, a summer song. It doesn't bring me back to like a, a, a yeah. Mm, it doesn't have any specificity for you. No, I just no. The, the the name of the song is so ridiculous, and it happened to be a summer song that I had to say it. Right, right. I hear you. Right. Um. Yeah. Song of the summer. Okay, I think those are two good choices. What about? Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. So. Song of the summer doesn't really exist. Monoculture is dead. It's dead. Moving it on. It doesn't exist. TV Moving show on. of the summer. I'm calling it right now. It's Stranger Things. It's Stranger Things. It's totally Stranger Things. Toast. I agree completely. That show has been on everyone's fucking lips. Um, did you watch it? Goats. I'm on like episode five right now. Okay, nice. How far did um, you get? Did you finish it? Oh, I finished it. Okay, Fuck so you, I'm going to put my brag hat on, bitch. I liked Winona Ryder on Facebook years ago, and so I knew oh Stranger God. Things was coming out literally like Four months ago, and it was already on my Netflix queue. So I finished it, like, the first week it came when out. When did it come out? It came out in, like, mid-July, Fuck. or, like, the end of July. Look at you. Get into it. It came out on, like, July 15th or 16th, and I, like, been through it. The show um, gives me tingles every single time I turn it on. Do you love it? You get excited? Every single time the title card comes on, I'm like, Ooh. I never fast forward. Nope, neither do I. Never once. It's one of my favorite opening sequences, even though nothing's really going on. It's just so good. It's great. Um, I do think that... You know, I I feel like people are sort of... It doesn't feel totally like a 80... I mean, it has 80s vibes to it, obviously. But to me, it really strikes me as, like, some weird 90s. It feels like an early 90s thing. Well, to me... Well, I can see what you mean because you're talking about, like, the Twin Peaks stuff. Right, right, right. It does kind of feel Lynchian and, like, Twin Peaksy and... It does, more but so it, than whatever the 80s are supposed to represent to the people who made the it show. Also like it also reminds me of, like, every, like, Ferris Bueller a little bit. It reminds me of, like... You know, like Star Wars and ET, the, the most ET, obvious yeah, one. ET and a little, uh, you know, Back to the Futury, even a little bit. Definitely, um, definitely. Those are the, it's all of them. Yeah. It's it's a pastiche of a lot of different things, but it's so fun. I don't think it's visually like a great show. I kind of feel like it could be like more. Really? Like, I don't know. I kind of feel like the soundtrack's amazing. The like tone is so good, but something about the way it's actually like shot is kind kind of leaves. A I kind of like the way desired. it's shot. I've heard a lot of people say they like it. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's shot badly, but I just feel like it's it's weirdly the weakest part of the... There's just something mm. 
There is like a, um, you know how like an HBO show looks different than like a Showtime show and yeah. like I can't explain like what it is. It's sort of how you can tell when something's on like NBC or when it's on Fox. There's just some sensibility. There yeah. is like a sensibility to Netflix that is just like always a little subpar to mm. me. I just feel like Netflix shows always look a little bit, cheap's not the right word, but sort of like, okay. I don't know, just like their color palettes are like a little too bright or something. Like they're okay. they're too lit. They're not moody. They're just sort of are like, but they're like well done, but they just don't have like, I don't know. I Rod. But there is just something about it. Rod <laughs> but, coming out as an elitist, uh, <laughs> non-digital uh, medium uh, believer. Look, I'm not an elitist. I'm just saying that HBO is for people with taste. Yeah. And Showtime is for poor people. Right. And we all agree. I agree too. Who was watching Nurse Jackie? People who make under 25000 a year. Guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> so rude. Well, I'm anyway, kidding. That's the, that's the TV show of the summer. We both that's the TV that. show of the summer. Yeah. Okay. There is no movie. Of, this was the worst. I haven't worst. seen a movie this summer. Because you haven't been compelled to. First of all, Batman v Superman came out horrible. so early that like it doesn't even count. It, it would be in the running. And it was horrible. But even if it was great, it came out in March. That's like, true. what's that really state about? March. Also, uh, Suicide Squad shitty. Apparently, I saw. So I went and saw it by myself it at eleven a.m. Um, a couple days ago. It was. Um, it was. It was. Uh, it was. Oh my god! I don't. I just walked out being like, "All right," like, and moving on. Like it was just so gnarly. I heard Jared um, Leto's only on screen for like five minutes. He's not in it for five minutes. He's not in it a ton. Okay, here's what I'll say. I could tell just watching the trailers that he wasn't going to be in it a ton. Yeah. He was in it less than even I thought, but I always knew. He, couldn't you just tell? He was not... Well, it kind of felt like they were either teasing him a lot by like not showing him, or it was like, no, he's legitimately not in this movie that much. Right, right, right. I just, I've been watching movie trailers for so long that I have grown like really clever to like the games they play, and when I see like a ton of a character, but he's wearing like the same shit and is in like the same place every time, I'm like, okay, so y'all have like three scenes with him that you're like hyper cutting like yeah. he's always it's always the scene where he's like shirtless there's always a scene where he's in his like black tux like he's i could just tell so he's not in it a lot he's also just like not good like he's Ooh. not bad honestly but like did you hear about all of his onset shenanigans yeah i heard he like filming? sent people dead stuff and like yeah like stuff and yeah he said by oscar nominee viola davis a used condom <laughs> <laughs> like that just seems unnecessary. It's yeah, and then in interviews, he's like, I was method acting. Like, I never broke character, and I never wanted the other actors to see Jared Leto. I only wanted them to feel like the Joker was on set. I was like, you set Tony Award-winning actress Viola Davis a used condom so that you could do method acting? It's like that's you're, rude. You're going out of your way to do that. You don't need... That's not necessary. Yes! That's not, yeah, I don't think that's what Brando did during Streetcar. Like, you know, this character is so real to me, so I shit in a bag and sent it to Oscar winner Judy Dench as a way to really inhabit the character. Dame like, Judy what? Dench. Dame Jude. I was like, you're rude as fuck. And what's so funny is everyone else was like, he's so committed. He's so committed. And they interviewed Viola months ago, and she's like, I had none of that. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, fuck no. Um, yeah, he's just sort of like, he does, yeah, he should have been in it more because otherwise his tics just make no sense. But I only wanted to watch him and Harley. Everything else is so... It just, the movie has no style. Was Will it's, Smith terrible? He's never terrible. Of course he was amazing. Oh. He's so good. Will Smith is good in everything. He's the greatest. Well, so... I feel like this is the fourth time I've, like, gone on about my, like, real love for Will Smith. So, it, so he was good, but everything else sucked? 
Everything else sucked. The movie has no, like the plot is impossible, is incomprehensible. The editing is like heinous. Like the final battle, you have like no idea what's going on. Cara Delevingne plays like a witch and like her heart, like Viola Davis has her heart and like they have to like stop her from opening a portal or something Uh because she wants, she's like, I don't even, I couldn't tell you the plot. It's so so bad but it is kind of the movie of the summer it feels like the only one people are talking about it's the movie that everyone's making fun of this summer right right it kind of feels like it's claimed the summer in the worst way it's just so there's no style it makes me sad it makes me really really sad well it could have been cool every single time that a tv show or a movie has some horseshit plot about portals and like third dimensions it always goes to shit (laughs) i know why does every superhero movie feel the need to like open a portal in the sky in the finale. I could make a YouTube supercut of the amount of, like, beams of light that go up and create a dark cloud around a major city. Every single... You know what the problem is? I hate all these superhero movies, actually, where, like, superheroes team up. Because, like, the only threat you can create that creates a plausible amount of stakes is something like intergalactic or, like, godlike or otherworldly. And those are always the most boring... State. I mean, it's like, true. You're right. It's just like the only way to beat the Avengers is if the thing that they're scared of is like a huge a demon alien or, or demon yeah. from another world. Yeah, and it's like you can't have anything human because the scale of the supergroup is too high. Right. Like they would obviously like smash any regular human foe. Right. Exactly. And like they would be there would just be nothing to really worry about. So that's why you either have to pit them against each other, or you have to create some like alien. And both of those have proven to like suck. Like. I love The Dark Knight. I like the new Captain America movie that came out like a year or so ago, um, Winter Soldier. Like, bring that shit down to like human size. Like, why is everyone constantly like, we have to like turn that switch? Like, it's always like a switch and an alien. Like, I can't. Ugh. So anyway, horrible movie this summer. It's uh, Suicide Squad. It's Suicide Squad. Now we have um, to quickly move on to uh, our uh, good friend of the week. Yo, okay. Very heartbroken. I'm very sad. So this is very so this is the third time we have spoken about Gawker's ongoing lawsuit on this podcast. And it is the final time Damn, because today dude. Nick Denton wrote a post on Gawker announcing that after 14 years, they are closing and ceasing operations. Damn, dude. My God. I mean, Terrible. you want to talk about supervillains? Peter Thiel just pulled some like Lex Luthor bullshit on Gawker. Terrible, dude. Terrible. Um, it was we were not recording, but when I broke the news when we were planning this episode, like at a few minutes before we hit the button, um, Jack literally yelped. Your voice went up a couple octaves. I screamed out loud. You screamed a blood curdling scream because I didn't know. And you were like, "Should we do a postmortem for Gawker?" And I was like, "What?" And you're like, "You didn't hear?" And then I went to Gawker.com, and the first thing is, "We're gonna dun, close." Oh, it like zoomed into your eye, and, said, and your no! eyes were on fire. <laughs> And, like, the little dangly thing in your throat was, like, a little you screaming. Yeah, totally. And it zoomed into it. Um, So, not much to say other than the fact that for all the things that made Gawker shitty, we've said this before, like, that was an important new media site. It is one of the only major new media corporations also to have unionized. So, like, I don't know. I just have, (sighs) I have respect for Gawker, even if I don't respect everything they post. Like, yeah. The brand is strong. Oh, I'm so I'm so upset. And who the who is this Peter Thiel dude? This like like gay Republican? Like who are you? Yeah. 
Who are you? He's like he's like pro Trump or something. Yeah. I'm like so I can't. I really, 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 really can't. Yeah. Um and I'm glad they outed his ass. Like, I'm over it. Actually, I don't know. I don't really like when right. um uh, <laughs> I don't like when people are forcibly outed, but this sort of like I don't know. I have a lot of I have a lot of mixed feelings. Well, Everything Gawker does gnarly, but like, oh, shut up. Get ready for a lawsuit because now he's gonna come after us for for you saying that you're glad <laughs> you got outed by Gawker. Next week, like right. closing up shop. Right. Boy, sixty one <laughs> episodes, amazing. But it's come down to this. I'm so over it, and I just love that Hulk Hogan is the vessel for this like crazy evil plan. Horrible. He was used. He was literally used. Look, I didn't enjoy everything that they ever posted. Zero. I do think that uh, they were responsible for some of the best investigatory journal investigative journalism that uh, I've read. One hundred percent. Specifically on their site, Deadspin, they broke many a very entertaining story and interesting stuff um, that they wrote about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget the Brett Favre the, dick the pics that shots. brought me to. Yep, that brought me to Deadspin, and I never looked back. Beautiful, the Manti Teo fake girlfriend story. That was all them. Oh my god, the cancer girl. Cancer girl. That was an un. That was unbelievable. That was like right at that was amazing that was like that was good cultural journalism because that was right when catfishing had like sweeped the nation like yeah that's the shit that like i don't know sports illustrated was never on top of like right oh man they did that big ass investigator investigative piece on a donald trump's um wig oh never read it oh dude you gotta read that oh the archives yeah. i hope that they're preserved you gotta read that look it's the only place on the internet where you can see Headlines like this one. An Olympic diving team has broken up over an alleged fuck fest. <laughs> Where am I going to go to read headlines like that? 100%. I mean, oh, it's so crazy. And it's crazy because, like, Gawker's influence is everywhere. Like, totally. the whole idea of clickbait is basically, like, how, like, every publication's clickbait headline is, like, how do we become Gawker but more spineless? Totally. Like, how do we write something that is completely unprofessional but also completely inoffensive? Like, Gawker, for all of its flaws, was committed to the tone that it wanted to write with. Totally. You know? Like, totally. in a way that none of these other publications have ever had the balls to do. And, like, I don't know. I don't think that that is... I think that that is worthy of celebrating. And I think if you're going to have, you know, like Gawker, Howard Stern, your dude, like all of these are like, you know, problematic figures, but they're bastions of free speech. They're true American media people and institutions. Like they're worth preserving. And if not celebrating, at least protecting and like accepting, like, I don't know. It's crazy for me to like see like the Buzzfeed and Gawker effect in the internet, but not have sort of anyone that is actually central and doing something interesting with that voice. It sucks, and I will miss it a lot. Horrible. So horrible. Fuck you, Peter Thiel. Maybe Univision will save it, but who knows? Who knows? Even if they do, it won't be Gawker. I mean, like, Gawker, regardless of what happens to it, is over in, like, whatever it is that Gawker is. And, like, I I mean, also, like, real talk, Jezebel is, like, a really important site for this, like, new wave of feminism we're in. Like, what's going to happen to Jezebel? I don't think Jezebel's a great site. I think a lot of their writing is, like, very reactive, and it's very, like, one train of feminism. But, you know, still important. It was an important element of the discourse. Where's that going to go? Totes, dog. Oh. I agree. The worst. Well, anyway. well rip, rip Gawker. Right. R.I.P. Gawker. Um, and it's fitting that we should end our 
episode with On a ridiculous a great, sports story. A, right, a, st- a story that Deadspin would have been thriving to cover. Well, uh, anyway, so this uh, swim bro, Ryan Lochte, uh, of course, uh, I believe it was last week, there was a report that he had been uh, confronted, him and a group of, of uh, swim bro buddies had been confronted by uh, an armed robber and had a gun pointed at his head uh, with uh, the demands for money and cash and, and cell phones and whatnot. Um, so he, he, apparently the story goes like this. He, this incident happens. He gets on the phone with his mom. He's all shaken up, talks to his mom. His mom gives an interview with someone where she kind of starts talking about the fact that he had gotten robbed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The International Olympic Committee comes out and they say, wait, wait, wait. We uh, talked to Ryan. He said that nothing happened. So this didn't happen. Everyone immediately jumps on the IOC and acts like they're idiots because, let's face it, this tournament, this uh, tournament in Rio... Has not been the best Hasn't had the best PR experience. True. It was in keeping. So, everyone was kind of like, LOL, this is so funny. Um, Then, as more and more interviews get done, people start to realize that there's, like, inconsistencies. Like, the two guys have a different story than Lochte does. And so he makes this appearance on Matt Lauer where I think he kind of like – he again, his story changed slightly. And meanwhile, like there's judges in Brazil who are trying to like revoke his passport and keep him in the country. Meanwhile, it's been reported that he like has already left and has been in back in the United States for like 48 hours. What the hell? Uh, really? Yes. Uh, Wait, how did he do an interview with Matt Lauer then? Uh, is, is Lauer on the, at the Olympic Village? he did an interview Village? with Lauer when he was in Brazil and then like he left immediately after that or something. Oh, my farking guard. So anyway, this morning it broke that uh, the Brazilian authorities kind of said like, oh, this all started because Lochte and his bro, like swim kicked bros, the door? like went into this gas station in Brazil, kicked down a bathroom door because they had to piss. And then like I saw a report that he had pissed in the convenience store. Oh, my God. Or something. I don't know how accurate that was. But anyway, yeah. So there was eventually video footage came out of these four bros acting like bros. And uh, being clowns and being just unruly assholes. And then, uh, like, a pair of security guards for the gas station, like, kind of come up. And you can see that Lochte and his bro buddies kind of, like, react by putting their hands up. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that video, I was like, oh, I know immediately what happened. These guys were drunk. They went and demanded the use of a bathroom. And maybe it didn't go well for them or they couldn't Mm -hmm. do it. Acted like idiots. Started smashing the place up. And then the security guards, who probably deal with a lot of, like, bullshit a lot. Totally. Come out with guns like they probably usually do because they have to deal with so much bullshit. And Lochte and the bros freaked out. And then they just made up the story because they got pissed off. So, look at me. I, my blood is boiling. I cannot even, is he, we know he's an idiot, like, that was his thing, yeah. I know, last, like, last time he was, like, in the, like, in the spin cycle, it was that he was dumb, so I know he's dumb, but, like, does he not realize that there is no way this lie can sustain? Probably, well, I mean, He's an not. Olympian, during the Olympics. Clearly he didn't consider this. Oh my god, he's a moron. And apparently he's the one who, like, got everybody to fabricate this, like, story. I'm embarrassed. He's the ringleader. He's the ringleader. He's the Lance Armstrong of this lying cycling tournament. Totally. Jesus Christ. So now what happens? Do his gold medals get revoked? No. 
No, but they're gonna like they should ha- they should force him to sit on his medals. Dude, I mean, it's gonna not be that big of a deal because he it's not like they assaulted anybody or you know, but it's just like a stupid you know he got caught in this crazy so lie. So stupid. So they're gonna like, maybe press charges in Brazil, but yeah, I don't think it'll be that. He'll have to like issue an apology, but no one's gonna give a fuck. It's hilarious. Another another wonderful way for white bros to escape. Like what a what a white bros. Like, white bros. I cannot. I cannot. What is uh, this? Is the year of me hating all the white swimmers from Brock to Lochte. Brockte. Right. Well, Phelps I'm is over cool. It. Phelps is cool, but he looks like a toe. I'm yeah. over it. Okay. Um. Oh, that is so ridiculous. That is actually so ridiculous. So he gets the devil tongue for being an idiot. Big time. Although I would do. Uh, also, I love that Matt Lauer is always at the cross section of like an apology and like a lie. Like he is like everyone's. He's like America's priest. Like, you true. go and you confess. You can't to lie him. to that guy. You can't lie to Matt Lauer. I'm like Jesus Christ. Meanwhile, he's lying to everyone. Remember those hair plugs? Yeah. Like, are you kidding? And the me, whole bro? like uh, Connie Chung thing, or not Connie Chung? Uh, um, what was her name? Yeah, you know. What oh, what about. was her name? You know what I'm talking about. I do. The one that he like basically wanted fired and was like, no, I yeah, fought for like, her. Yeah, he's like, I really liked her. Right. And I was like, please, you hate Asian people. Yeah. And everyone's like, shut up, Rod. I'm like, you shut up. Right. Um, that is crazy. I cannot believe it. I also cannot believe, you know what? I will say this. I feel nothing. I feel no sympathy, but I will say that like, I can't even imagine the stress of like, like if I, I was, I'm an Olympic swimmer. I just was like being watched by like the world. Like my entire country was hoping that I would like do something right to win. And like, I get the gold medals. Still the thing most stressful is the idea of like sitting for an interview and lying to like yeah everyone. Like, can you even imagine what your stomach feels like? Like, how do you even, how do you do that? I mean, maybe like, he was so dumb that he kind of actually thought that he was being robbed by the security guards. Right. Like, he's like, well, they did have guns. Yeah. Like, what? Maybe. Honestly, maybe. He's a lunatic. Oh, that is so funny. He is well, hella stupid. He is really dumb. Yeah, he's re- he's just so... He's so slow. You can just tell. And his stupid blonde hair yeah. this year. What a treat that was. Right. All right, Ryan Lochte. Well, anyway, well, God bless. He can rot in hell. Yeah, Rotten Hell, Ryan Lochte, Rest in Peace, Gawker. Everyone watch Stranger Things. Um, nobody see Suicide Squad. Actually, everyone sees Suicide Squad. No. What? Um, mm, everyone should see it. And um, congratulations, Jack and Pam. Thanks. And uh, What an a, amazing time to be alive. And a B-movie to us all. A B-movie to us all. B-movie. B-movie. Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. Run through the meadow and scare up the milking cows. Run down the beach kicking clouds of sand. Walk a windy weather day, feel your face blow away. Stop and listen, love you.